woke. Time to get up. Good morning and welcome to Thoughts You Woke No Speed Limit Podcast. I'm your host, Alvin. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to start off talking about, well, you know, it is Black History Month, right? So let's talk about that. You know, this is where we celebrate the tragedies and triumphs of people who are descendant from Africa, the the black indigenous people of Africa that were brought over here uh, or who came over here because there were some who did come over here in the later years um, and celebrate their victories and their triumphs and their failures and their hurts in this country. And that's what Black History Month is really about. It, it, it's a celebration of that. Um, today, I'm not going to talk about a historical event. I'm talking about the current events going on, uh, but I will have some future episodes on some historical things that have happened in the United States. Uh, I'm going to be looking at Black Rebellion, uh, some uh, black successes in, in, in other areas, black resistance. Um, that's that's my area. That's the places where I like to look at stuff so we can think about how can we improve in the future and, you know, understanding our past. You know, we do have this whole thing going on now where folks want to ban CRT, which is actually banning certain elements of black history about slavery, uh, the cruelty towards black people during the Jim Crow years, you know. People who really want to ban that. And I'll talk about that later. One interesting or a couple of interesting stories that have recently come up. Uh, let's start with the Brian Flores in the NFL. Brian Flores was the former uh, coach of the Miami Dolphins. He has sued the NFL for discriminatory practices and also for actually paying him to tank particular game so he's brought up some very interesting things he's got a text message supposedly from brian bill belichick i mean bill belichick in which bill belichick says congratulations for winning the job and then turns out that he wasn't graduating brian uh flores he's uh actually congratulating brian bulos the coordinator for uh, the bill, current uh, coordinator for the Bills, who is now going to become the head coach at Denver. Yet Brian Flores had not even interviewed for the job, and he was going to interview for the job that week. There's this thing called Rooney Rule in the NFL. So in the Rooney Rule, basically what it says, without putting a quota on it or any kind of definition of of hiring or preferences. It says that they will interview uh, African-Americans for uh, general manager jobs and executive jobs in their hiring process. So there's various types of rules on how they do this. It's kind of like, you know, I pick five guys. I've already decided who I really want as my coach, but I got to put a black guy or two in here on the interview process because that's what we want to do in the NFL to make it look like we was a fair process, right? So it's a matter of making it look like a fair process when it may not actually be a fair process. Now, this same rule has been applied to other jobs in other situations. Now, you got to understand that the EEOC has a very narrow line that it can work. So here's where Brian Flores runs into some issues because there are black GMs in the NFL. There are black executives in other positions in the NFL. So they're going to... It's, it's like one of those lawsuits where you have to sue on your own. You can't exactly sue the NFL for that. But when you look at the list of coaches, there are 32 teams. And there's only one black coach on that list. One black coach. That's Tomlin in uh, Pittsburgh. Just that one black coach. Now, he's come out. He's gotten a little support from Hugh Jackson and some other former coaches in the NFL. What you need to see more of, however, 
is support from current coach. Mike Tomlin would be one of those that would also from few, uh, from current NFL players. Because he's getting a lot of support from uh, past players, players who are tired. The NFL is a lot different than NBA. You know, in the NBA, these folks don't mind expressing how they feel about anything. The NBA, you know, just a few years ago, uh, uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests, they were thinking about walking out. The players were going to walk out. And they had to they said, hold up now. We, we can't let y'all walk out. Uh, don't walk out. But they were thinking about leaving and not playing at all. Because it was just too much. Just too much going on, right? So we think about that and we look at the NFL, you know, they put little messages on the back of their helmets and did this. You remember Colin Kaepernick got on his knee and it just totally destroyed the NFL as far as how they stand on certain things. They were like, oh, he can't do that. So his career was was destroyed because he took a knee during a uh, an- national anthem. NFL reaction to that was instantaneous almost. You know, it's like eventually he was let go from the team he was on. He was, at the time, he had the second string, but he's a decent quarterback. He's better than half the quarterbacks they've not allowed him to come back for. You know, all these teams that have skipped over him have had some pretty bad backups that they put in the game. R- remember Dallas, what was it, last year? When they kept on fighting, trying to find somebody to take uh, Dak Prescott's place? Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup and guys like that, they did not prove to be great. Even though Cooper Cup this year, I think, won one game while um, Dak was uh, recovering from in- injury. I think he won one game out, out of the whole season. Anyway, um, just there was even even looking at the Saints this year and the quarterback problems they had, no no offense to Tannehill, but he's a good backup, and he looked like a really good backup by third or fourth string when you could have got other quarterbacks that are better. But, you know, they, they you know, Deshaun Watkins, um, uh, Colin Kaepernick, but you didn't want those. So, um, the NFL is funny about how it treats black players, how it treats black coaches, so on and so forth. So this, like I said, this Brian Flores case is very, very interesting because he puts at risk his chance of getting the job. He is, of, uh, I think, currently one of the top candidates. This, this is the word I hate that they use in the NFL. Top candidate for the jobs with the Saints and uh, one other team. And my problem is I don't think they will hire him because they're going to hire some other coach, but they're going to put you on that list as one of the top candidates for the job. And I think he would do a great job. He had a winning season in Miami considering the talent he had there. He had a winning season in Miami. They just didn't make the playoffs. You know, that, that says a lot about him. Nine, I think they went 9-8, and 9-7, whatever. I think because we had another game this year, so it's 9-8. and eight. But anyway... Um, he had a winning season. He had a he had did a decent job. They fired him anyway. He was turning the ship around as far as I was concerned in Miami. But they fired him anyway. And see, this is the thing. Black coaches don't get a chance. Hugh Jackson was in uh, uh, Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns. I think they went through, in the time since uh, Hugh Jackson, three coaches. But Hugh Jackson didn't get much of an opportunity there. They just felt like he was a big failure. But he wasn't, he, like he said, he wasn't given the tools to do the job. Marvin Lewis talks about being with uh, Cincinnati. Now, he was a winning coach for years at Cincinnati. But, you know, things started falling apart. And they weren't giving him tools or the opportunity to get that job back. And he's not the only one. That story is uh, repeated time and time again from other black coaches in the NFL. They're not in the in crowd. You got, you got like in San Francisco, the son of another coach, an NFL winning coach, is now coaching a, a, a team. Now you got other teams where, where so-and-so, it's like a, a exclusive club that these folks belong to. You know, you hear about the good old boy network. You even got a team now that's got a guy who's never, I think he was a position coach, maybe a position coach, but he's been like in the management team for a while now. He's the head coach of a football team. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy is sitting over there at, uh, what is it, uh, either Tampa Bay or Kansas City. And he's been on the front line. Everybody's saying he's one of the front runners for jobs for years, but he can't get one. The Rooney rule has been used time and time again. I'm going to interview, but I'm not going to give you the job. Instead, I'm going to give you to this guy 
who won maybe one Super Bowl one year or maybe hasn't won anything at all, but he's been a head coach somewhere else. He's a white guy because all the white guys have been coaches. Mike Tomlin is the only one that's consistent right now. They, I, I don't know if it's because they're giving him the opportunity or it's because he's been a winning coach every year he's been in the league. 15 years, 15 winning seasons. I mean, he started off a winner, but he got he picked up the Pittsburgh Steelers when they had pretty good set of talent, you know, and you think about it, he's had uh, um, LeVar Bell, he's had uh, Antonio Brown, and he definitely had, uh, uh, what's his name, the quarterback, he's had him for a couple of years, I mean, for several years, in fact, I think it's the entire time he was there, he had him as a quarterback, so um, Mike Thomas had the success in the defense, you know, that steel shield, it was pretty good under him, and it'll probably be good again. He, he almost got him close to the playoffs. Got him, got him close. So, and you know, I'm going on and on about football, but it's just a look at the thing. So, Tomlin's not there. There's other coaches who have failed this year, and they still got their jobs. And we're looking at the debacle that's going on in Tampa Bay, you know. Brady retired. Players are talking about leaving and retiring or Trent or going to elsewhere in free agency. Bruce Arians is a superstar there. Remember what happened with Antonio Brown. Sometimes, I'm going to say this about the Antonio Brown story. Like I said, I kind of kind of stayed neutral on that story, but here's the thing. He walked off the free field. That was his freedom. He got away from the NFL. He said, you know what? Hey, you don't want me here? I'm gone. Now, he may never get another job again. You know, 33 years old, he's played in the NFL. He's got enough on his resume, pretty much, that could possibly put him in the Hall of Fame, but he'll be delayed because of what he did. Um, but that's what I'm saying. The NFL is, is about this certain thing, and, and players are kept under this tight guard, and so are uh, coaches. They're kept under this little tight guard behind this white elite wall of ownership. And I know people say, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't get it done. It's a white wall of elite owners. They, they got a lot of money. Uh... Look at, look at Jones down there in Dallas. Got a lot of money. Look at the old boy up there in the Patriots. And think about what he did. He actually went to a brothel and was participating in sex trafficking, yet Deshaun Watkins' story is worse than his, right? You're paying for women who are being trafficked in sex to have sex with you. You're, you're involved in the ring, so on and so forth. And that story just disappeared. Ooh, it didn't happen. It happened. He really did that. He's the owner of a team, and he did that, right? That's true. That's just as bad as Deshaun Watkins down there with the massage thing, right? Anyway, <coughs> in the NFL, being black is monolithic. You're a good product on the field to play the game, but you don't have the ability to make decisions or rules. It, it, it just seems that way with the NFL. You don't have the vision to be the leader of the team, the head coach, that visible manager on the field that, that people see. They've not, they'll put you in the back room to be a GM, and they might not even make you a real GM. Uh, somebody else, you know, the owners also have a voice in who gets on the team, but they make you a GM of the team or something in the background, but they can't be a head coach. Like I said, it's just funny that we see this, and this Rooney rule keeps getting played over and over again. It's like, I'm interviewing you, but you aren't. And it happens in regular jobs. I've been interviewed for a job, not knowing that the, the, the particular manager I'm sitting there has already chose somebody, but I'm just a person on the list he's got to interview because they say he's got to interview five people. And, of course, some of them have to be African-American. This really happens on jobs. This happens every day in America on a job. At the same time, there's a side of me that would wish that these black players would take their game on the road. The coaches would take their game on the road. And people like the man who's trying to buy the Denver Broncos, he would start a league of his own for black players. These talented black players that become a product for in their own league with the with rules that would protect them as players that and that's something Antonio Brown said they don't want to protect me as a player they don't they just want you to make money you're a product on the field if that product is broken what do they do they throw it to the side and get another one that's how that's how the NFL works and that's why in their exclusive club they haven't let a black man in as an owner of a team yet I hope 
the guy gets the Denver team, it'll be wonderful. But why do we keep fighting to get in the door on, on, on things like that? Brian Flores got to sue because, you know, it's his job. He works for them. He, this, that's the thing. It, it becomes about, that's the reason why Brian Flores is suing or why a player sues. But we're fighting to get in the door. I thought about Jay-Z. They spent a lot of money to get Jay-Z involved in the NFL. I think he invested in some football teams and doing that stuff right after the um, Kaepernick situation. Well, we got to do better as what as uh, owners and stuff of, of how we treat black players, how we treat blacks and black people that work in the uh, uh, in on the football, right? Uh, then Jay Z came along and said, "Well, we're not worried about Kaepernick. Kaepernick was last year. We're we're moving on from that." They hired a black to be their white voice, and I, I'm I'm being honest with you, Jay Z. For a moment, that's the uh, you know old I'm putting on the two tap shoes and saying, "Well, you better be careful talking about Jay Z. You know he's a gangster." Yeah, okay, whatever, you know. But before he was a rapper, he was a drug dealer, right? That was true. I mean, he told his story, and he became a success story, and he got away from that. He got away from the streets, and he became that. Great. Wonderful. That's what we're supposed to do. That is what we're supposed to do. But remember, on the streets selling drugs, you were selling it to who? And what neighborhoods were you selling it in? And what people got hurt because of the drugs that you were selling? See, money is funny. People get all involved in it and think it's a great thing, which, uh, you know, it's a good thing to have. It's a tool. It's something good to have, really. I mean, why do we think I do a podcast? Because eventually... Eventually, I'm going to monetize this thing, and it's going to make money for me, right? But selling out for that dollar is all wrong. You never should sell out for a dollar. You know, man, you're a fool if you think that. I remember sitting there talking with somebody one day. I said, man, look at that guy right there. Look what he's doing. Big wheel. He's a grown man driving. Well, he's getting millions of dollars right around there. It's the image, though. I'm not going to sell out myself for certain things. You know, I read the Bible every day. So there was a lot of times in the Bible, God was the person that didn't believe in selling out. And that's why he took the money. And people act like there was only one time in the Bible that he went and he threw the money changes out of the temple. And that was when he went to Jerusalem. No, he did it more than that. Every time he went to the temple and he saw it, he was like, man, I'm just tired of this. I can't believe that you're selling out God for money. You're selling your soul. We sell our souls for money every day, even at our jobs and everything else so it makes us silent to the pains and the hurts that it, against other people we we get silent to the injustice as long as you pay me a check you can beat the hell out of whoever you want that's what the world becomes so brian flores like i said makes a sacrifice he's suing the nfl it probably will ruin his career hugh jackson talked about the nfl he'll they'll probably never invite him back marvin lewis gets involved they might probably will never invite him back who knows they might survive and they might get invited back we'll see what happens but there's a chance that they won't but the allegations are serious and the fact that you know we think about that the nfl is all about betting and sports betting here goes the gangsters thing. There were people who were actually possibly playing coaches to tank games. And see, that's kind of a distraction from the lawsuit because the lawsuit should be just about the discrimination. Of course, if you listen to the media and all those people, they're not going in, in depth as I am right now. This is serious. It's something you can't play around with. Seriously, seriously, you can't. <laughs> So you know how we've been talking about the Rooney Rule, right? Uh, by the way, shout out to Madhouse and uh, Uptep Music for that wonderful beat that you just heard. Um, well, Stephen Breyer has decided to retire from the Supreme Court. Biden has pledged to replace Breyer with an 
African-American woman uh, in that seat. It has caused, stirred up controversy, of course, among Republicans who say, well, why does it have to be a woman? It could be anybody who qualified to sit in the seat. Well, apparently for you guys, the only people that qualified were conservative Christian people who were pro-life. Those were the only people. So that uh, those were the only people that qualified, and it didn't matter whether they actually were competent enough to do the job or not, but that's who you put in office before. Anyway, we'll leave that part along. Uh, he's going to vet the women that he's going to present to replace uh, Justice Breyer on the Supreme Court. He's going to find the best possible female African-American candidate. And there are several black judges now who fit that role, who will be, uh, of course, taking up the opportunity to sit before and go through hearings, so on and so forth. Of all the Republicans, I like what Lindsey Graham said, said this is not an affirmative action plan. This is an actually a good idea. It fixes a problem on the Supreme Court. Like I said, there's nine Supreme Court judge, judges right now. Of those nine, two are women, one is black, sort of. And the rest are old white men well, okay we can we can debate whether the newest are really old they're not really that old yet they're older white men everybody else is an old white man on the, on the supreme court and we can sit there and say we've betted the best so i guess out of all over the years when you selected somebody for supreme court because they do get appointed for life you've decided that only white men and one black person was capable of being on the supreme court which is not a model of our society it doesn't look anything like our society at all but that's okay that's fine Things are changing. And like I said, we got Clarence Thomas, he's a black guy, sort of, that's on the Supreme Court right now. So um, just just the model of that says a lot about our country. So the Rooney Rule is basically what Republicans want to put in place. Well, we'll interview a black person, but they're not necessarily the person that should be the most qualified for this job. It's kind of what they're saying. And I'm with Biden. Just come out and say it. I want to... Uh, Put a black woman on the bench because a black woman has never been on the bench to be the first one. Now, I do have some other issues, and it's about Claiborne, Clyborne, rather, in South Carolina, who sold out South Carolina to Biden to get him nominated. And when he won South Carolina, it destroyed Bernie's run, pretty much, Bernie Sanders' run. And I think Bernie Sanders was the better candidate for African Americans because we're talking about Black History Month. Let me be, be completely honest how I feel. I think with Bernie Sanders and the ideas he had, they were better for the black community than the ideas that Biden had. See, Biden said a lot of things and has gone against everything he said. Claiborne didn't say, I want you to vote for voting rights. I want you to make sure you get that passed and fight for that. He didn't He didn't ask for that. He didn't even ask that the George Floyd bill get passed. Nope, no. Nope. What he asked for is a black woman on the Supreme Court. It's kind of like asking for Juneteenth as a holiday, right? So that's what Claiborne asked for. And since then, Claiborne has done nothing but fight against progressives as much as he can. He, he's kept them from getting elected and said he's set up more corporate Democrats to run in office. And so what has Biden done in turn? Well, he's lost on uh, voting rights. He's definitely, they've kind of tabled the uh, George Floyd bill for whatever reason um i understand senator scott and uh another senator booker are both trying to work on that trying to get that passed we'll see what happens with that um on the other hand you know he's also decided that instead of shoring up medicare he's going to privatize it because he's going to let the trump bill continue going um what is he doing for black people again other than the fact that he told you know breakfast club he said hey if you ain't black you ain't black if you don't vote for me that's what he said on the breakfast club that's that was his i don't know what that was i don't know what you call that but anyway um so now he's gonna nominate a black woman to the supreme court great wonderful i'm clapping for him thank you Thank you. Good idea. Wonderful. Again, this is symbolic. Just like the Juneteenth celebration thing is symbolic. It's like when uh, Nancy Pelosi and those other senators took a knee and said, we are with you with kente cloth, which was an embarrassment to black people and uh, insult, actually. Absolute insult to black people. 
Um, here it is. <laughs> Once again, we're doing something for tokenism, right? At the same time, it's a good idea. And the Republicans need to be quiet. That's why they don't get any black votes because of things they say like that. You know, they say, all of them sound like Tucker Carlson. They're just, can we put a, instead of putting a T there, just put something else. But anyway, um, they all sound that way. They think they're intelligent by what they say when really is crap coming out of their mouth. You know, speaking of crap, there's somebody else I want to talk about. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Hey, folks. Hope you're enjoying the show. Just thought I would take a moment to invite you to subscribe to Thought You Were Woke, No Speed Limit Podcast, and let you know that our podcast is available on multiple platforms, including Spotify, Google, Apple, Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, Overcast, Stitcher, Breaker, Cashbox, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. Also, make sure to hit the bell notification so that you will be notified when the next episode is available. Now back to the show. So, you know, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over Joe Rogan lately. There's been people moving off of Spotify because they're in protest of the things that Joe Rogan say. Most of it's about COVID-19 and, and <clears throat> excuse me, any environment things that he's saying about that. Be honest with you, it's more to it than just that. He even made some statements about race. Watching this video, he said that, and I quote, because I'm trying to quote what he said. Um, he said that he doesn't define black as black except the blackest person in Africa with his shirt off in the sun uh, because of the melanin levels, because of the sun levels there and the heat levels there. It, made, it was cringeworthy for me. It was very, very cringeworthy to hear him say those words. Now, he later apologized for some of the things he said. He said something about the N-word, you know, that he used the N-word on his show in the past. So it said something about his personality as far as race goes. Um, the gentleman he had on the show had had a uh, conversation with Michael Eric Dyson, and then he tried to use colorism during his during this uh, interview with Joe Reagan, talking about, well, here I am sitting with a man that was lighter than I was trying to talk about he was black. Uh, that was insulting, very, very insulting. You know, he said, what is, you know, they were doing what is white and what all that stuff. Um, of course, this man had lost a debate to Michael Eric Dyson some time ago, and I've seen it on YouTube. They debate from time to time. I wouldn't, for me, and Michael Eric Dyson, I like him, but there's, again, that question, like most, most of these black leaders today, they've become established and they get comfortable in the spaces they're in and forget the revolution, so to speak. I ain't gonna call it a revolution, but they forget the, the empowerment of black people to a certain degree and the things that black people need to progress. They kind of like, they, they, they'll start championing certain people like Biden, uh, uh, even the former Obama administration. They'll, they'll champion things that really have nothing to do with black people per se, or people who really don't have the best interest for black people um but speaking about this everything that was said was cringeworthy black people already have a problem with colorism among themselves so here comes a white guy trying to throw in his version talking about well you know i'm kind of brown I'm italian you know middle eastern yada 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 whatever he was trying to say it was ridiculous well, he's not middle eastern but he's italian mediterranean uh he said well i'm darker and rogan got into that whole conversation too was talking about well i don't think of black is black and yada yada and all this stuff it's like you're dismissing everything that Michael Eric Dyson is saying talking about race trying to say well there's no racial issue because he's not really black and, and all this stuff this is something that this is another form of racism that exists it's called the intelligent racist this is the same stuff that you hear on 
Again, I'm tired of saying that man's name, um, PC on Fox, that guy. Um, you hear those kind of statements there, like it's intelligent, like you're going to another level with this, and or you're trying to victimize yourself rather than telling the truth about racism, which is something we're, we're fighting now because they want to get rid of CRT. They want to stop people from talking about them. Like I said, I think I said earlier in another clip, but, you know, they're banning CRT, but they're not banning Confederate days in the South. They're so happy because we're stopping the hate in this country, yet you're leaving up the symbols of hate. Well, that's heritage. No, that's hate. Um, they were about racism. They were about keeping people under their feet, uh, about keeping people in bondage. That was also racist. So we won't get there, but this is what Joe Rogan is, you know. So people are banning them from Spotify. My, my podcast is on Spotify. I don't want that to happen. But yeah, they need to put disclaimer on there. He apologized, and apparently Trevor Noah then defended him after he had already criticized him beforehand for the other statements he had made. God bless Trevor Noah sometimes. You know, like I said, once black people get in these established spaces, they start protecting other people. You know, I talked about Bernie Sanders earlier, but Bernie Sanders had had a, tro- a problem communicating who he is to black people. So it kind of kept a lot of Black Lives Matter younger voters from coming to the polls voting for him. He's had some issues with that. But, in, in you know, plus like California and that, they loved him there places up north they love bernie sanders but he's had some problems getting black people to come vote for him in the south they trusted biden which was a mistake instead of trusting bernie you know it's you know and like i say it's a difficult thing trying to trust somebody but if it, there was anybody in that list of people and candidates you could trust it was right so like i said here uh, let's go back to the subject because i'm way off talking about um joe rogan and some of the statements he said you know of course all the COVID 19 stuff but for black people the big thing is that whole conversation was just so uncomfortable to hear you insulted a black man saying he wasn't black enough uh, and so you know that's almost like you're trying to dismiss the things he's telling you on the show that's another sign that of racism the ignorance within you and the, the things you allowed on your show Joe uh, Joe Rogan that is a, a problem uh, it's your show you may, you got millions of viewers that listen to you every uh, every week I want, don't waste the time listening to you I happen to listen to that clip because I wanted to know more about what was going on with this and I was highly upset but I calmed myself down it was ignorant it was just an ignorant conversation ignorant things that were said trying to put down the man who's talking about black liberation and freedom things that are true that are real you know black people have been discriminating well i don't see black i don't see color i'm colorblind that's bs that that you hear all the time which means that you actually are racist you don't really if you don't see color you really are blind to anything unless it's white but anyway um again joe rogan is one of those people i just i tune out don't don't stop listening to other people on spotify that are good but tune out uh joe rogan let his show go. He needs to see his numbers fall off. He needs to see that people are are tuning out of that kind of mess. That they're not allowing that. They're not allowing the misinformation in the, this version of the truth. And that's what I call it, this version of the truth. Stuff that's unfactual, untrue, um, just just horrible type things coming out of a man's mouth. So like I said, let the man go. This, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying if you really want to want to affect his show, stop listening to his show. Yes, I have a show on Spotify, but I believe that if I do the proper messaging that's why i'm staying here on spotify that people will listen to my show and i will say look you know i will call out other people on spotify for the things they're doing if spotify doesn't like it they can you know they can cancel my show i don't care but like i said i'm gonna call people out when they're wrong that's what i'm here to do and that's what i'm going to do i'm going to call them out i'm staying here on spotify and i'm going to count call them out now if musicians want to leave i get it and that's like telling spotify hey this guy y'all need to let either change him i don't believe in canceling people but i do believe that they should put a disclaimer on his show 
So I'm just hearing that uh, North Carolina's uh, Supreme Court has uh, voted against the uh, redistricting plans of the Republican-dominant assembly in uh, North Carolina. So basically, they have said that it's unconstitutional, that it's unfairly, the districts are unfairly drawn, that they are highly skewed toward one party and, and against the other. Now, here's something that you need to know. The Supreme Court is dominated by Democrats. Um, the... Attorney General was also a Democrat. He filed a suit against the uh, legislature for this. See, in states like uh, North Carolina, there's a balance of power, so to speak. You got checks and balances sort of on that power. So, of course, the Republican passed a bill, and then the judges had a chance to rule on it. See, in Alabama, that's not the case. That's why it had to go to the federal Supreme Court. Everything in Alabama just about is controlled by Republicans, and there's no balance of power. The Democratic power is at smaller levels, fewer numbers, municipality, county level. Uh, so they don't have any power when the state legislature makes a rule. They've even made rules now where they basically rule against the uh, city's right to change certain ordinances in their city without them first being approved by the, uh, the state government. So they've done that as well. Um, I think this is a good thing. Uh, it's, what's happened here in North Carolina is the same thing that's happened in Ohio. Uh, there as well in North Carolina, um, both states, was the balance power there, the uh, assembly dominated by Republicans, countered by a governor and, and executive people who are... Uh, not of those legislative branch who are uh, the balance of power that was originally set out in our country in the executive, legislative, and judicial branch. That is how it was. there's a balance of power. But if all three are controlled by the same party, there's no chance of that balance. There's no chance of balance at all. They basically have dictatorship, and they can rule however they feel. Uh, you know, other ideas are sort of snuffed out. That's what happens in Alabama, but in Ohio State and in North Carolina, where this uh, legislative this uh, ruling was just brought down, there will be some changes again. Like like I said, um, people are upset. I'm sure, like they're saying, the Democrats, this is not fair. Uh, they were fairly drawn, so on and so forth. That's not the case. So uh, it may even go to the Supreme Court as well. But I have a chance to believe that both of these cases, the one in Alabama, the one in uh, North Carolina, and even the one in Ohio State, all have an opportunity to go before uh, the Supreme Court and they will rule in a just way. Uh, I believe that we need to draw the districts in a fair way. We do need a bipartisan commission in every state to draw the districts. That's what we need. A, a truly bipartisan, not like a majority of one or a majority of the other, a truly bipartisan committee that is equal down the middle so they can create fair districts in the state. And that's what we need. That's what we should be working towards. Well, I just want to go back to this. It is Black History Month. We were talking about some of the best leaders in the world. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to talk about people from Malcolm X to Dr. King, uh, Nat Turner. Uh, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Slave Rebellion and all the things and how they affected America and the changing of, of the guard in history. I'll even talk about James Baldwin a little bit and as well as some other people, uh, W.D. Du Bois, uh, George Washington Carver, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, we'll talk about him as well. Um, and also, we need to discuss this about the actual telling, the right telling of history and the truth about historical characters on the black side of things. Sometimes some things are missed out, especially during the civil rights era, that not the full story is given. The truth is not always given, but that's something we can do right here for Black History Month 
And I hope you have enjoyed today's show. And y'all have a wonderful evening. And again, thank you for listening to Thoughts Your World No Beat Limit Podcast. Hey, if you like this show, because this show is exclusive to the podcast, this will not be on the YouTube page. It's exclusive. Please like and subscribe. Hey, also, I haven't been telling you about this, but we do have a Thoughts Your World No Speed Limit Facebook page. Uh, please uh, look us up on Facebook, like, share, and I will share information there from the podcast and other wonderful articles and things like that. And if you will, uh, make sure you spread the word and share with others. And y'all have a wonderful evening. You have been listening to Thought You're a Woke No Speed Limit Podcast.